follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Doing good, Shad. I'm doing good as well. I'm so happy to hear that, everybody. We want to say thank you for joining us for this episode. We are going to get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Use our promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C, Corners, capital P, and podcast. Save 10% off your order. We're actually going to come back to this in a little bit, so I'm not going to go huge in depth here, but I am going to hand the ball over to Matt. Uh, yeah, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, you know, Orlando Cologne, I'm sure he's good friends with fellow Puerto Rican wrestler, Lince Dorado, so he would know. You don't want to throw hands with Lince Dorado. <laughs> and he might um he might be willing to beat up Izzy's dad as well. Yeah, that's what I'm referencing. We can get into that <laughs> briefly. That's my favorite story over the weekend because that I've... was the most entertaining thing in wrestling on over the well, weekend. You know, you know, you you done screwed up when most people's first reaction was like Lince Dorado, like doesn't he have a reputation for being willing to like tune a motherfucker up just because? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he. Should we just go into it? Yeah, let's just sure. let's hit the cuts. We well, can... We're gonna we're, we're gonna talk the cuts. Yeah. Do, yeah. do should I just okay? Briefly Hang on. First thing we gotta do since oh, we're yeah. going into the cuts. Uh huh. Curse! The day after we record the last episode is when the bloodletting happened. Yes. yes. And um, and um, if you're if you're tuning in, Shad and I did attend the Bluegrass Wrestling Convention. This past weekend, and we will be discussing that yeah. later in the show. I'll be posting pictures here and there uh, on our Instagram throughout the week. Um, I'm, I'm not going to just dump everything in one post. I'm going to spread them out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we, we, so this is the same – that is the same convention that the Malachi Black Viral yes. um, story came out of this past weekend. This is uh, Bluegrass WrestleCon in Ashland, Kentucky. So, uh, but we're going to talk about the cuts first because we're cursed. cursed. Matt, you said you had the list of cuts. Uh, I do have the list of cuts. I don't think I'm missing anyone, but please let me know if I do. Uh, let's see. Frankie Monet, uh, Ember Moon, Trey Baxter, Oni Lorkin, B-Fab, Jessica Maya, G's Rama, Zayden Remier, Grand Metalik. Uh, Lindsay Dorado, Katrina Cortez, Karrion Cross, and Scarlett, uh, Nia Jax, that's a surprise, Keith Lee, Harry Smith, who they signed and did nothing 
with yeah. Mia Yim and uh, Eva Marie. I think that I think um, Eva Marie and <laughs> Harry Smith. Well, Harry Smith just got signed like last month, but I think Eva Marie has only been there less than six months. So the I, one about yeah, this that right. pisses me off more than anything else uh-huh. is actually the Harry Smith one, because they spent how long saying, hey, Harry, we want to we want to bring you in. You know, we've got these big plans for you, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, OK, cool. Let me finish up what I'm doing. I'll be right there. They sign him. They use him in one dark match, do nothing with him. And now they cut him. They had been wooing him publicly for like nine months. Yes, yeah. that I cannot begin to describe how much that pisses me at. that is the like from harry's point of view that has to be like the worst professional cock tease outside of vegas or which, something which of those releases is the god-awful name they gave ty of valkyrie by the way uh, yeah, frankie, frankie monet hey yeah. okay because uh, yeah. okay, she um she was rather pissed and blew them up on social media saying oh, yes. that they made her concessions of promises that they completely did not honor. Yeah, they, she was very vocal. She was probably the one who was the most vocal about her displeasure at being at being cut. And I mean, she she should like she she got put into like a, a title program and didn't win. And like, well, OK, that's fine. Like that happens. But then they fired her. Um. Well, I think I think hired... what happened and what she's pissed about is she you have to move to Orlando to work in NXT, and I'm pretty yeah. sure she's and she's a, like a she's like SoCal, right? I don't well, know. That's John Morrison's wife, isn't it? Yes, that's yes. John Morrison's wife. Yeah. So. So I think she pretty much what happened here and why she's so mad is she said like so if I uproot my life and come to Orlando, you motherfuckers aren't gonna fire me in six months, right? And wanted that in writing, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we won't do that." And then they did that. That's oh what I think shit! Happened. That's not even the worst example of that. Oh no, it is. Bfab, like moved to Orlando, like signed her contract last month and moved to Orlando, and now they have fired her. Oh yeah. It's like what the hell? What is it? And I'm gonna apologize. Who's Bfab? By the way, I just uh, I she to... was with Hit Row. Um, okay. I'm going to apologize I, if I unintentionally parrot some Alvarez quotes here. I don't mean to be, but I, I find myself thinking along the same lines he is in a lot of this particular story. Yeah, BFAB just just signed that new contract like a month ago. But didn't yeah. she just show up on SmackDown like a week ago? Yeah, she was supposed to be on the main roster. That was like her new contract. She was supposed to be a main roster contract. Um, and then she's still been like appearing occasionally on in NXT, but uh, I honestly, I, okay, I don't full disclosure like I don't think I've seen her wrestle like a single moment. I mean, uh, I don't care. She could totally suck, like, but they're the way they're behaving is just totally like terrible. Like yeah. that they're signing people and letting them go like within six months. Like that's just awful. I can't help but think like. Just you've signed a contract here for a certain length of time. I isn't like wouldn't shouldn't there be something? It's like yeah, we signed you a contract last month. Too bad we're cutting you loose. It's like now wait, just isn't this supposed to cut both ways? Am I naive in that thought? Well, mm-hmm. a lot of these people though, like I, I mean, Eva Marie has not. I mean, she is she sucks, but she, I think she just showed up in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And Harry Smith, I, I think, signed in September, maybe. It, it was recent. I don't know if it was. It, it could have been. 
a little bit before that, but that sounds about right. And Taya Valkyrie was like in the late winter, I think. Oh yeah, she she was like uh, February, I think. Um, what are they doing? I, I don't know. Harry Smith. Harry Smith bothered me just because I, I might be on an island with Harry Smith, uh, but Harry, I think has improved tremendously as a worker since he, he was last with the WWE. Oh, I think so. And he's he's got size, he's improved, he, he has he actually does have like one of the things he's done since leaving the WWE, he actually has like a an, an MMA background. Like he's not he's not out there like Jake Hager doing a bunch of fights, but he has that. He he worked with New Japan. He has he a, with there's M- an MLW. ML, there's an MLW match where him and Tom Waller do a a work shoot kind of match and it's mm-hmm. excellent. Like one of the best work shoot matches I've ever seen because they do like they kind of because they both done MMA, they kinda of understand how to fake like the progress like the the um <clears throat> like when you're in like guard and stuff, they understood mm-hmm. like when they were like tying up how to like simulate the progression of slowly gaining control in those situations mm-hmm. instead of like what you see a lot of in wrestling. Well Earlier this year, in February, uh, John Moxley faced him at uh, one of the Josh Barnett Bloodsports, which those Ooh. those shows are – I like those shows. Uh, they're kind of like – they're work shoots. They're kind of pancreas. Uh, yes, they're kind of like pancreas, uh, like rings, like the, old, the whole Japanese promotion rings. Like it's kind of like that style. Um, and I thought Harry did a really good job. It's that's why I was like Harry Smith again. You could think I'm being absolutely crazy, but I really feel like you could actually have put him and made him like a main guy, like a, an upper card guy. Uh, and I, we were talking to our uh, Canadian friend Justin, <laughs> friend of the show Justin, who was like, <laughs> "Well, he can't, he can't really speak." And it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, like find a guy who can speak for him then. Like that's. There are people out there that could do that, and people who are signed to the WWE who can do that. They don't like. They, cut, um, they had him cut one promo, and it was it was fine. Oh, I I don't think he's terrible. No, but he has, they don't know, like they don't like heart. using managers though. Yeah. It just pisses me off. They go through all of that to get him, and then don't use him and cut him loose. And it's like, oh gosh, guess you should have done something more. It's like, I had one dark match, mm-hmm. dick. And then, you know, so uh, I'm just going to run through. Eva Marie, I think, got hired just to change Piper Niven's name and then cut loose. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith Lee and Mia Yim, my God. Mia Yim is like one of the biggest misses they've had in the last couple of years. Yeah. She, well, they brought her up to be part of the whole um, retribution. Ali. Yeah, okay, retribution. Uh, yeah. They brought her up to do that. Did she even have a match? She had a couple matches, but they like put her okay. under a mask, which you know takes away her charisma. Yeah. Because that was real smart, and they made her a heel. Like that's really dumb. Is because Mia Yim is like a good Mia Yim is best as a face because she's mm-hmm. very sympathetic and has a lot of charisma. Yeah. True. Uh, yeah. It, uh, they they didn't do much with her, even if she did have a couple matches. And then she disappeared for months. And 
he never knew like no one said anything about what she was what was going on with her um i don't did i don't know she got covid i know keith lee that has his full story he got covid earlier this year and she did oh she did that that was in his story is that he got it and then she got it from him Mm. um because she was taking care of him because he was in real bad shape yeah he had some serious uh cardiac complications from that Barry, so just just for the sake of argument, I have his statement pulled up right here. I'm going to read real quick. <clears throat> it says, greetings and salutations. This day is my birthday. It is not a happy birthday, but it is the one I am most grateful for. Several months ago, it was not a guarantee I would make it to this day. So there's positivity in that. I paid all my medical bills from the many offices and machines I frequented. There's positivity in that. And I do find it amusing that people believe anyone but me paid for my medical expenses. I was going to wait a couple weeks, but I think it's time to look toward the future. Forward march, as I like to say. I'm capable of so much more, and I can't wait to see what it looks like properly. I have a wide array array of interests and abilities. I consider myself to be rather open-minded. Here's to a future that, for all intents and purposes, seems limitless. You know what? I want him to go do... Just some awesome stuff. I want him to go do some just badass stuff. Because he sure as hell ain't been allowed to. Mm. Now, it's funny because people kept trying to say that Bearcat thing was his. And he he also unveiled that no, that is not indeed his idea. Which I never believed that. Because if you were to leave that up to Keith Lee to come up with something. Like he would have done something very anime-esque, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, he he would have had a Dragon Ball reference in there. Or yeah, something. it just does not it did not ring to what his personality is that he would come up with that. Well, no. but look, we also we we were wrestling nerds here, so you know we we like older wrestling, but it's like that that's nothing that about Keith Lee struck me as like he's just such a giant aficionado of old school wrestling that this is what he would go with. Well, but I mean, this you whole have Bearcat be... thing, the whole Bearcat thing struck me very much as something like Vince would love to do. Oh, that's called Bearcat. Bearcat. It's like a bear, buddy. Yeah, you're bearcat. Bearcat. Even if he's Good an aficionado shit. of old wrestling, like you have to go, you have to go way, you have to go into like the seventies to still catch like Bearcat stuff. And then you have to like be into specific promotions that would still be using him. And like, if you really want to like catch Anything with him, you're talking about going into like the 60s and like the 50s. Like there's there's being an old school fan, but like if you watch like wrestling from like the 50s and 60s, it's not recognizable to to the oh, wrestling of even the 80s. Those were people that called Lou that said Luthes did too much flippy shit. You know, uh, you you're not. And by the way, just like to point out. Managing Keith Lee is what they were going to set up Adam Cole to do. And look how that turned out. Oh, that was the best thing. It's like, yeah, you try to convince uh, Adam Cole to, to re-sign with the company, uh, cut cut his hair, be brought up only as a manager, not as a, as a worker, for a guy that you then fucking fired three months later. Yep. It's like he – if anyone like knew saw the writing on the wall, it was Adam Cole, and he, he made the exact right move. I am I am at a loss as to how they think they have any 
any any bargaining position left anymore. Like, because you've got, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, we made this offer to Adam Cole. And it's like, yeah, and what happened with that? It, it it went nowhere. And and look, you just turned around and you just turn around and cut Keith Lee. Are you going to say that you would have kept Keith Lee if Adam Cole was managing him? Because oh no, if, if there's had, no way I believe that. If, if Adam Cole had signed with WWE instead of AEW, he would have been in this round of cuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I'm guarantee sure. you he would have been in this round of cuts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because um, this just ain't. Oh, God, this is this is, you know, mind boggling. Have they ever been this like this? Like just I don't even know the word like just like signing people and then turning around and releasing them like three to six Callous? months later. I don't know. The, well, like the only thing I could think of that might fit on that front might have been like uh, awesome Kong. But there was. No, they kept her for like they kept that. her for like a year though. Uh, that's the only I'm saying. That's the only thing that springs to mind for me. Um, let's see. They uh, they cut Ember Moon. She got hurt, and they you know she hadn't come back, and so they cut her. Well, she's been doing NXT. Oh, had she? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean. We have two people here who, uh, while I don't have particular sympathy for their futures, uh, I do think what happened to them sucks. Uh, with, I, I can with see Scarlet why. And Cross. I can see. I can see though why Cross would have gotten released. Scarlet, I'm not sure why they did, but like Cross, I could totally see because the thing with Cross is he he kind of sucks and he has no personality. <laughs> And I could really, and I could see him getting up to the main roster and like showing up, and Vince is like, "Who's this fucking jobber? Like, why'd you give me this?" And it's I don't like, think. Well, you call him up, Vince. And I don't remember doing that. Well, Vince no, but... would totally go like Drax the Destroyer in that moment. It's like Vince, you picked him to come up. I don't remember that. No, I could see, I could see Triple H like selling him a bill of goods, and he gets up there, and Vince is like, "What the fuck is this? Like, this is this guy's like cardboard." And he's not good in the ring. Like I can see, I can see why they soured on Cross really quick. It just, it's, it's a shame they ruined NXT with him for like a year and a half. I'm, I'm in yeah. a place where I don't, I don't know, man, because they, they pulled him before he'd even dropped the NXT title. I, I wasn't really a fan of him, uh, and they kind of, they, they helped facilitate the decline of, of NXT by pushing him. But and I he's, also, I, he's, um, they, he and Scarlett seem like dicks in real life too. So they're not sympathetic people to begin with. Yeah. I've heard some stories. Um, I don't know if this is true, but they, that who was the guy, the guy that who's like the ref, who was kind of like a, a nutball. Oh, no, yeah. It was Drake like Younger? Drake. No, not Drake e. Younger. Because Drake Younger is a main roster guy. It was um, uh, it was an NXT ref. Yeah, he's 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 like a worker. He his history is like a worker, and then he became mm-hmm. a ref. But he's kind of like he's a little on the deep end, off the deep end. Uh, he's like an anti. 
He's like anti-mask, anti-vax. He was uh, also which, a QAnon guy, wasn't he? He's like a QAnon guy. Like he seems know. like I, he believes I, um... all their conspiracy stuff. He's he, he, part of his explanation for why he doesn't want masks. It's like, well, it can hide the face of like sexual predators and stuff like that. It's like, what? What? Like what? If I've it's, ever heard grasping at straws further than that, I don't remember. It. But he means it sincerely, and it's like I'm not trying to make like a political statement. Like yeah, if you if you're against masks or vaccines, I'm not I'm not trying to wade into that argument. I'm just saying like they they're like friends with him, and he seems like he's kind of like a little on the kooky side. Yeah, I, that's like the allegation. I think there that they kind of tread in those waters, where it's like again Drake works. They, Drake Wirtz. That's right. If, I knew if he had a like name a... like five other people had, and that's why I was having trouble with it. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. They have such a hang up on people not having the same name, but how many Drakes yeah. did they have? Now I will say I thought I thought that that Drake person was an awful person, and he seemed like he was just a douche. But mm-hmm. I also got annoyed with there were people on like Twitter and message boards that would like follow every little thing he did, and then would like like signal boost it because they had to talk about every single thing he did and to me it was like you know what this guy is not worth the time like the time of anyone's day and you guys are really like expanding his platform way beyond what it deserves yeah yeah you're you're bringing lots of attention to him that yeah probably ought not to be there no because that's that's the problem i have with a lot of that stuff and this is not getting political but like like especially like like the QAnon stuff We'll just use an example. Like, I don't really know a ton of people that are into that, but I see people talking about people that are into it all the time. And honestly, if those people would just shut up, I would never have heard about QAnon. Oh, like, I, I, I know absolutely zero people in my, my personal life that that go that know anything about that or follow like that. Where it's yeah. like, oh yes, I believe in this thing. But I have I have probably a couple friends in my life where it's like they'll share something on social media. It's like, did you see what these people are saying? It's like, no, <laughs> no, I don't because I don't believe in it and I don't follow anyone who does. So you are like those type of people. Yes, you're a signal. You're signal boosting these type of people. So if you're kind of like disseminating their. their you're giving their them a bigger beliefs. platform. It's like yeah. it's like um, I know he kind of fell off, but like Richard Spencer a couple years ago. Like, mm. I wouldn't have known who that person was until, like, all these, like, idiots on Twitter, like, signal boosted him to hell and back. Oh, absolutely. I I don't, I, I hate that I know who he is. I only know who he is because of that. Because pe- all of a sudden, there were people on Twitter. It's like, can you believe this guy? It's like, who is he? Oh, he, it's like, then they're starting pushing him. It's like, why would I, why, I don't want, I don't want this guy. I don't want this guy spamming my, um. My social media feed. I don't care what he has to say. He's fucking jack off. So why are you signal boosting him? But and that's like, that's wh- what happens. Why are you following them? That's the other thing I hate too. Is yeah. like, well, what do you guys have to follow them? Because you guys are like all over everything these guys say. Is like, it's just it's so aggravating. Well, that's yeah. I, again not to not to wade into politics, but that's like back in uh, literally only like a year ago. Uh, but people who would. He would follow Trump like on on Twitter or something, and they'd be like, "Oh my God, can you see what he said now?" It's like I don't I don't follow him, I don't care. Like, and I understand I understand the concept like, well, you should care what your elected leaders say because that matters. Okay, okay, but it's like people there people would be like the biggest reply guys on the planet. Like Trump would just shoot off a dumb tweet, and you'd have like a million like blue checks, or whatever. It was like I cannot believe you said this. I am outraged, sir. It's like okay. 
enough. Like, just go about your life. That, like, that is, the, the that sky is, is – yeah. Well, it's funny. It, it was funny with There's Trump. Nice it's weather like, outside. Why don't you go for a walk? Yeah, and it was like it's like it's Donald Trump. He just says whatever pops in his head and he tweets it. Like I bet he, I bet if you oh, there's look no through, filter. Yeah. Yeah, like I bet he will say the exact opposite thing three hours from now. He it, yeah <laughs> it, it it it's the free advertising principle. In doing that, you are you are giving free advertising to these people that you don't like and don't agree with. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to happen. Um, cause well, you're, you're actively making this worse. I actually catch a lot of shit in my personal life from people like you don't watch the news. And I'm like, no, because it's all like murder, rape and bad stuff. Like I don't need the bad vibes in my life. I'd rather be ignorant and happy than like, up to date and miserable like all these people that yeah like are honestly have gotten hyper political the last six or seven years and who were fun people like in their 20s and early 30s who are just absolutely miserable people to be around now because everything's political with them and they can't enjoy anything because it's politics and it's just like oh my god like get a life and like get a hobby that's not it's, politics it's why I, I i used to work in politics a little bit and it's why i'm apolitical now is i i I can't i i just can't do that anymore and i don't Uh, want to i'm i'm with you brad like i will uh i will follow politics in the sense of i want to know what's happening but the news i try to avoid just because it's it is like it, it's especially like the last couple of years with COVID. It's like it, it it every network seems like they try to outdo each other with like fear porn and other things like that. And it's like I just can't. It's just too much. It's too much. Well, the hypocrisy of the media drives me nuts too, because like especially like when the vaccines are rolling out, they would find like the one vaccinated person that got COVID. And then they would be yeah. like, oh, my God, this person got COVID. And then they'll turn around and be like, why are all these people like that watch our show like not wanting to get vaccinated? Like, gee, I wonder why dumbasses. Yeah, like they, they would they would actively work against the societal interests is the best way to put it. Or even stuff like – even stuff like – though when you know like the story behind stuff and like I hate – I have to correct people all the time. But like when they do like the kid abduction stuff and people are like, oh my god, my kids might get abducted. And it's like you realize 98% of child abductions are custody disputes and like stranger danger is actually fairly rare. And there's probably been more children that have died because they were afraid to ask a stranger for help than children that were actually abducted by a stranger, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like stuff like that. Or, I mean, we've even talked about urban legends like Halloween, like the Halloween candy thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to try and wrestle us back over to the original topic. But Drake works. But Drake, Drake words can also get fucked. And so can yeah. Karrion Cross and Scarlet. So nah. I, I I while like I said, I don't particularly feel for the two of them. The circumstances that happened around them were. I think for me, honestly, like the way they acted in Impact, like Karma's a bitch, guys. Like, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Good. What reason. is the story there? Because you, I know, and you've mentioned that to me before, and I just, I, I so wasn't they, watching Impact. They at the time. signed, they signed deals for like forty thousand a year in Impact, and like mm. almost immediately turned into little bitches and complained and bitched and moaned endlessly about it because WWE showed interest like a couple weeks later. 
Mm. And I think they even got raises with like a new TV deal to like 80,000 when mm. like the new TV deal went through and they were just unprofessional dickbags the whole time about it. Like that's pretty much why. And like I really I really have a problem with and you see a lot of boohooing in certain segments about like unfair contracts and stuff in wrestling, but I have a real problem with with wrestlers well and athletes actually in general that sign a contract and like two days later are bitching and like wanting out of it Mm -hmm. and it's like no one put a gun to your head and had you sign a contract so um let's see anybody else that's on yeah we talked about lynn Dorado is going to tune somebody up oh yeah let me tell this is the best story for the weekend yeah yeah. Okay, go for it. So, if, I I'm not a hundred percent into like whatever drama goes on with them, but it, like it's, Izzy, who was it's a very the, exploitative situation. Yeah, they Izzy, let her was, train with um, Chance Raisin, who is a yeah, noted um, pedophile. Yes. But, yeah, um, sexual predator. Uh, I think pedophile sexual predator um up, all around sack of human feces yeah uh izzy is most famous for being the uh the bailey super fan yeah and her yeah. parents have been trying to cash in on that for about seven years now yeah because her her dad seems to be like he wants to be one of the boys i guess himself her mom um, seems pretty shitty too though yeah they're both, so they're both shit bags let's just let's just go with that and so she's like in, in Izzy is involved in wrestling in the sense that I think she, I, I think she does interview stuff, uh, and I think the rumor I heard, like yeah, she's she's training or has trained. She's I don't know. Matches, but, I think. Yeah, I don't know, but it, it's she's in she's kind of like affiliated with you know the wrestling business in a way, uh, but I get her parents allegedly are like dicks, and one of the things that I've heard is that. If they don't like you in like NXT, if you're like an NXT worker, they don't like you. Then they will, you know, mock you. They will try and get chance to people have people at the NXT shows like mock you and things like that. Uh, they're gonna kind of, for lack of a better term, they're gonna brigade you. There was yeah, that that's they're very good at brigading. There's there's one of the one act maybe it's like the MSK veterans. Oh MSK, yeah. Wasn't a situation like one of their one of those two guys, one of his dad died, and they were like basically fucking with him that his dad died. Well, they because MSK called I out. I don't know if MSK called them out, but they were calling out something exploitative, and um, mm. I think it might have hit a little too close. It was either about her or it hit too close to her parents, and then they started trying to like they started doing that shit to them. Yeah. So that's all backstory. What happened was that, you know, obviously Lindsay Dorado was one of the guys who got uh, released, and then Izzy's dad apparently on Twitter was like talking shit about it, like like uh, like na 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 na, hey 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 goodbye, and, <laughs> and Lindsay Dorado is having none of it. He's like, oh, you want to fucking talk shit? Like, meet <laughs> me here. I'm buying you a ticket to the. He, I guess he uh, Saturday he had like a um, like a jujitsu competition. He's like, I bought you a ticket. Here, I paid for your parking pass. Fucking meet me at four o'clock. We're gonna handle this. LA and the Parks guy, in the LA Parks riding shotgun with me. Yeah. <laughs> Show and, up. You won't. Uh, and 
put all this shit out and the guy like immediately backed down and issued like the notepad <laughs> apology. And then, and then I think I believe proceeded to delete his Twitter account. Like yeah, that's how much. So. And then I, I believe Lindsay said, fuck you, dude. Like we do the You, you apologize to my face, bro. Oh, yeah. Because people yeah. were like people. <laughs> the most hilarious thing is he put that out there. And then the guy apologized, and someone posted just as a joke a picture of Debo from Friday, where he's like, I, like yeah. the, the joke was like, I didn't, what apology? <laughs> and but then Lindsay Dorado proceeded to basically do that in real life. Mm-hmm. So someone was like, well, he apologized to you, man. He's like, what apology? Are you to say that to my face? <laughs> yeah. And it's like yeah. that dude, Izzy's dad, wanted no smoke from from Lindsay Dorado, and he probably shouldn't have because Lindsay Dorado, like, he was having a jujitsu competition. And he's like a hard ass Puerto Rican dude who well, I'm sure he seems like I'm sure he's like a nice guy in real life, but he was but having none of he's like there, square up. No, but I think I think that's where also um I think what happened there too is that's when someone's real opinion of you just like <laughs> just uh came out and they didn't have reason to like take you to task before. But like mm-hmm. I think I think I think if it had been someone else, like he would have he probably would have ignored it or or done it, but yeah. like it be like he took one look at it, he's like, oh this motherfucker, like oh you know it's <laughs> you know what I mean, like yeah. I think I think there's probably a lot of wrestlers in various spots in the business that hate her parents. Oh yeah, I, I've heard a lot of uh, it's like secondary rumors and stuff like that, like they're not well liked. So this there's, is kind of um, like a, a humility thing going on right here. There's there seems to be a uh, a correlation between in the wrestling business like there are folks who are super nice guys mm. but are not afraid to jack someone the hell up either mm. and you know what that to me at least just doesn't seem like a bad way to live uh, you know we get along that's great I'm really happy we can get along all that sort of stuff it's like. But then, you know, you step two and decide to push, and then you find out what you're pushing against. And, and and then everyone appreciates you being a nice, you know, you being a nice person even more. Was, so I, I can't I had this conversation with someone. I can't remember if it was with you guys earlier today, but we were talking about some people underestimate people based on their gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And um Ooh. That might, you know, Lindsay Dorado, you know, a cute mask, lucha guy. think mm-hmm. you can, like, push him around because he's just a little guy. And then, you know, it's like, it's like, um, yeah, like, maybe you shouldn't pick fights with that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be and like. That, I think you said that about uh, Adrian Street working the gimmick he worked all across America. Um, and you knew that he had to be able to, to step if. Yeah. uh Someone came after him. Now, in the contrast to this, because I mentioned him as a joke, like there's L.A. Park who probably has a gun on him at all times. <laughs> because, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying a guy that's willing, like working like shows in Mexico and was willing to punch out a fan to get that gets out of line, like has to have some sack to him. And Dan does not hold back on that fan punch in the slightest. That's, that's my favorite gif. Have you guys seen that one where the guy like pulls <laughs> yeah. on his mask and he just turns and like punches the guy Clocks right? Him. Yeah. No that hesitation. Is, that is no hesitation, full extension, full power. <laughs> knock that guy on his ear punch. 
and then went right back to doing his job. He seems like he seems like he's a guy though that is probably working in the ring and he's probably packing heat or he has like some sort of blade in his boot. This probably you know not this... you'd never know it if you just are professional with him. And probably and it is when I say blade, I probably mean something that is not legal by U.S. standards. Mm-hmm. But um... and he might have some brass knuckles in his like. In, like, his underwear, too. Just because, I mean, why not? He's wearing a full body suit. They're probably there somewhere. Yeah. He's probably uh, that guy, like, like Shad's gimmick, where if you were to actually shake him down for real, like, he's probably, like, got... <laughs> All those weapons just fall yeah. out. It's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, why do you have a chain, like, in your, in your mask? Like, I don't know. Motherfucker might piss me off. I, I did, I did that once, um to sneak a chain in is I I came out to manage and it was so notorious for the fact that I carried weapons that the ref padded me down. But part of my gimmick is I was wearing my black belt, right? My my martial arts black belt with it. And I had actually tucked logging chain behind it. So when the match starts, I reached down behind the belt and then pull the chain out to wrap it around my fist. And for the people that were watching, like, Oh, he was hiding it. And then a bunch of other people, where'd he get that from? You know, like I didn't hide things under the ring already before the show, but they did that uh, to Eddie Gilbert once the ref kept like finding more and more weapons on him. Yeah. I did that in my first match. Just the ref came out with this double handful of shiny metal. (laughs) So, um, I think we've hit like the real, Oh, this is, this, this is dovetails into a point I wanted to make about them. Like they're cutting Keith Lee loose. And their thing is, oh, no, we're cutting Keith Lee loose because Keith Lee was getting hard to work with and didn't want to do jobs. It's like, are you are is seriously, that's what you want to go with the guy who's put over like when was the last time Keith Lee won a match mm-hmm. and like had a rep, uh, apparently from what I was reading, because I wasn't real big up on Keith Lee before, uh, you know, before he got signed, but apparently would get criticized for giving people too much in matches and being known for super easy to work with. Now you're saying, oh, no, he's difficult backstage. And it's like you cut Wyatt and you're like, oh, he wasn't in shape and he was difficult for creative to deal with. It's like it's it's so frustrating because they're cutting all these people loose. Not only are you you're you firing them from their job, but now you're trying to actively sabotage their future because you're a petty ass little bitch. I th- I think the, the thing in Keith Lee's favor probably is that he probably is well known enough and has enough of a good reputation that when that sort of thing is comment like that comment is made, people probably immediately dismiss it because they're like, that's not who I know. That's not yeah. Keith Lee. And he's so, worked but, with, but he's worked with like everyone that's out there anyway. Yeah, but what if your guy like you're not you're you know you've been in the business just a brief period like. Uh, people may give him the benefit of the doubt because of his, his, uh, you know, uh, where he comes from, like his family. But if, if all of a sudden, like they, like, uh, you know, Braun Breaker, you know, Braun Rexsteiner, if all of a sudden, like he did something they didn't like, he's on the shit list, mm-hmm. and they start going like, yeah, you know, hard to work with, you know, not not really a competent guy. It's like that dude's been in the business like less than a year. Like that reputation might stick with him. Yeah. which is unfortunate, but not with Keith Lee. Uh, 
Or what if you're you BFAB? Think... Like, what if they did that, like, with BFAB? Oh, yeah. That, that's a great example because she's liked, she was getting over, but if she, if they tried to stick that reputation with her, it would be like, people don't, people don't know her, really? So maybe people are like, oh, well, oh, maybe she is difficult to work with. I don't know. But um, I, they're doing God. this, and my point is, I'm there's there's such petty little shits now that I I don't I can't believe anything they say about anybody that worked there. I no. just don't get you know, why it, they have to do it when they could say things like like if they like that aren't petty but like could have the ring of truth to it and I think would not be like bridge burning. They could just like if if someone asked about Keith Lee, they could just say, hey, you know, he just did not have the skill set that we we needed from him in his role. Like it's no big deal. Like he just was not a good fit for what we wanted yeah. him to do. And I think people would look at that and be like, okay, like I don't necessarily agree with that, but like I can see the logic of your your thinking. Yeah, there. if it was just hey, we were trying it and the pieces weren't coming together, so we said hey, you know, we're gonna give you a chance to go work in some other because it, to go back to a discussion from earlier where. The, there was a line of thought on the internet and like, oh, well, you know, they get, they don't, you know, they can just sit in catering. They don't actually have to, to go and work. It's like nobody gets in the wrestling business to not wrestle. I don't like that reasoning either because you still have to travel to the show to do nothing. Yes, but yeah, that that's the thing. You're not you're not making easy money. You still have to go to the shows, and nobody gets into wrestling to not wrestle. So that doesn't work either. So we we have. Now we've got these folks who are going to try and go out and, and ply their trade elsewhere where you have this gigantic company that just cut them loose for reasons that nobody's exactly sure about. But they try and make sure and shit on you and ruin your future when you're going looking for another job. That pisses me off in a big with, way with Keith Lee. And I guess, well, predominantly Keith Lee, because I don't think they were saying that stuff about Mia Yim, but do you feel like they were trying to basically get ahead, get ahead of their skis on this one because they brought him up from NXT, didn't really do much of anything. Like they did, they did the Vince McMahon thing where it's like, oh, we're gonna push you like real well for like two weeks, and then by the third week we will have lost interest. Remember they gave start, him like, that, that fucking with you. They gave him that skirt there right away, and he just was he was just toast week one. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that was bad. I mean, they fucked up Karrion Cross's outfit from right from the gate too but they brought him up they did nothing with him nothing good with him and then he got covid and he was on the shelf for a while and then i guess they brought him back but he they didn't really do much with him so do you, do you think that they're trying to be like well hard to work with when it's like no you actually it, this is a really good example of you not using him well and that he couldn't work and then you brought him back and you don't really have anything to do with him you didn't really it's almost like you didn't want to bring him back and do stuff with him so it seemed almost like not retaliatory, but well, I mean, it's clearly like they they screwed him up. But that's what I'm trying yeah. to get at. It seems so like you, it seems like Nia Jax's um, firing was retaliatory, though. That does seem like retaliatory, yeah. I, and I'm yeah. not the biggest. We've we've talked before about Nia Jax. Like I'm not the biggest Nia Jax fan. See, but. Nia's statement that she put out said she had been taking some time off for a mental break, and you know what? As much as I don't really like Nia, and honestly, I think she's kind of dangerous and she's sloppy in the ring, given the travel schedule and that sort of stuff that WWE has historically had, and even if they're just now getting back on the travel, just like the grind that they've had historically, 
you know what? I can't fault someone if somebody for wanting to take a break for a little bit. And she's been and just, hardcore, like on the road for three years, I think, since she came back from the the double. Yeah. So thing. you say, look, I'm taking some time off. You know, I'm burned out. You know, I'm just trying to rest so I can get back in the right headspace to get on the road and, and do this. And then they're like, well, are you coming back? She's like, well, I'm not quite ready. And then they fired her. They say that's because she refused to get vaccinated. But then there are reports that there are people who supposedly got. And for WWE, not getting vaccinated means that they can't travel around and do shows in different places. They can't go to different countries. That's It's, it's a logistical thing. Yeah. Okay. I, but she's, her claim is that was never brought up to her. Other people who it's been floating around it, that they they wouldn't get vaccinated either. They said, no one ever told us about this. They just cut us loose and said, then said that was the reason. So there's this pattern of we are firing people in decisions that in a lot of cases I can't make heads or tails of. And then we're making up reasons to smear their reputation yeah. of why we fired them. It's like what – what kind of unethical horseshit is this? Meltzer she, thinks with her that with their they they essentially fired her to send a message to everyone else that yeah we'll give you time off if you need it for mental health issues but it, when cuts come around we're not going to take care of you. Uh, probably. Uh, in her statement, like she basically in her statement, she kind of never denied that she's anti-vax. Yeah. It kind of was just like left hanging there, but she did say like that. My my status as being vaxxed or not was never brought up like that that they never voiced that that was a consideration uh and she had a, there's a specific language she used which basically said like it wasn't presented as like an option to me it's like if i wasn't vaccinated it, they weren't like well please get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated you can't continue to, to employ you because of these logistical reasons it was just like here's your termination papers yeah uh, and you you really can't. It's a different era now, um, with the way things these things are viewed. But in in the more recent years, I think when you have literally just like last year, um, the death of of Hanakamura, to suicide. Yeah. And and earlier this year, even with the WWE, you had people like Jake Atlas who has effectively like retired at least for now who knows if he's going to come back but he's basically said like I have to step away from wrestling like it, it's not good for my mental health or Kylie uh, when you Ray have... who needs to stop trying to come back to wrestling Kylie Ray Kylie Ray really is like a sad case because she's I think has a ton of talent and I think she has a lot of passion for the wrestling business but anytime anytime she's kind of put in a position where there, someone depends Com on her. Yeah, companies want to start using her and using her more often, and she's getting more high profile. She has relapses for whatever her mental health issues are. It, it seems like it's possibly anxiety. I don't know. I don't think it's been ever. Or she's sta struggling with like imposter syndrome that's bringing on panic attacks or something. Yeah. But but with her, like I'm I'm very sim sympathetic to Kylie Ray's problems, but. What I would mm -hmm. say to her, well, and I don't know how it would work in another job, but, like, I think it's time someone needs to have a conversation with her of, like, you know, I know you love love this, but it might not be for you. 
in your condition. Yeah, uh, until she can demonstrate that it's 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 she could consistently do it, and I mean consistently do it for like a while, like a year or two. Mm-hmm. It's probably better if she just steps away. And, just, and it's tough because it's like this is someone's dream. Or only agree to do one shots for companies and just say, look, yeah, I can't I can't be pushed or anything. But if you want to bring me in for like a double shot on a weekend is just like a side attraction like that's fine because that's where it seems to go wrong like you said with her Mm -hmm. it seems to go wrong when like they start figuring her in if she was on a bunch of pay-per appearance deals she'd probably be okay yeah if she was just if she was just job (laughs) fodder or or um just guest spots yeah just guest spots and i think that's what she was kind of trying she was doing a little bit earlier this year but then i think I think companies like the NWA were using her more. They were and... starting to figure her into plans, and then she... Yeah. She had issues. Well, yeah. That's why I think that it's like imposter syndrome that's causing like panic attacks or anxiety attacks or something, because she's doing fine until they turn and like, all right, we're going to start doing these things with you. That's mm-hmm. what seems to me to be the onset of it and, and so and look at all the wrestlers uh, that have killed themselves though you know you have larry sweeney chris canyon hanakamura obviously yeah. yeah you it's it's not something that i mean back in the day i'm sure the attitude was just like you know just suck it up but it's we're not in that that's not how things are anymore and especially anymore especially and really should be especially in wrestling where yeah um you're dealing with mental health issues and mm-hmm. possibly getting concussed or getting CT, which is just going to like crank all that shit up to like mm-hmm. 15 and just caught like we've seen it in the NFL, like junior Seau, like a lot of a lot, you know, there's just countless tales in the NFL of guys like who had CT get, you know, committing crimes, like committing suicide, just like it's a, it's a real concern. And I don't, I just think, I don't know that it's this, I honestly think Nick Khan is an awful human being in a piece of garbage and just shows how morally depraved Hollywood is because a lot of this shit changed when he came in, like in how they treat people. And I think it just shows like what a, what a absolute garbage pile Hollywood as a whole is. I'm going to throw one more thing in that ties back to Hana Kimura too, is they're dealing with all of this stuff. They're dealing with the potential, uh, traumatic brain injuries and then you have to add in the utter wasteland that comes with being a famous person on social media yeah and, and death threats and and all that sort of thing it's like look if someone's like hey i'm having burnout i'm i, I know we champion aew a lot but the fact that that they are willing to like hangman page is like look my wife's getting ready to have a kid and this is important to me and they're like don't worry, you go do that and we'll bring you back. Or Mox goes, mm-hmm. I've got to go sign myself in for, for long-term alcohol treatment because, you know, something something has finally gotten to the point where I go, this is a big enough problem, I need to do something about it. And you know what they do? They, don't, they either don't say anything or Mox said, yeah, you can tell people, and they publicize it then. And they're supporting those people, and they're saying, look, they're making the right decision for them. And you know what happens? The fans cheer for the company and the person for doing that. Yeah. There's a right way. To, they're like, well, I, 
there's definitively a right way to handle this and a wrong way to handle this. Yeah. One company's on the right side and one's not. I think Meltzer was talking about Mox specifically because Mox is promoting his, his book and he even did like an interview with, with Dave Meltzer. Uh, and then it like basically he did the interview and it's like the next day he was going yeah. to rehab. Um, Incidentally, the book is a fun read. I'm going to have to pick that up. Is it? How uh, long I, is it? It's it's like 272 pages. Does it does it's it sound like it, it came across like I mean he he might have been like someone might have been transcribing it but it sounds like it was not heavily ghost written it feels like it's no, kind of in it his not, voice. It was not ghost written at all. Um because first of all reading it I can hear John Moxley saying these things as I read it. He has a chapter that's talking about the correct way to write sandwiches, and I can hear Moxley's way of talking about it. And then second, he had a um, an interview on Talk is Jericho where he was like WWE wanted him to do a book and had a ghostwriter and stuff. And he was like, I don't know. And he went to talk to um, Brian Danielson because Danielson had done one with a ghostwriter there. He says, you know, what do you think? And Danielson said, if I could go back and make the decision all over again, I wouldn't do it at all because it, mm. it wasn't me. And so Mox, he laid it out to the publisher. He's like, if I'm going to do this, then you you can't edit this down. You can't change this. It's got to be me. And it sounds like Mox's voice. Moxley mm-hmm. was like, I demand to have 75 Al Snow jokes in this book. Mm-hmm. He, he, he sprinkled throughout the book. There are <clears throat> with the heading jokes Claudio told me, which includes <laughs> includes this one. Last night I had a dream. I was swimming in a huge body of water that of orange soda. It was any, a fantasy. Um, I've never seen the guy wrestle, but Claudio always talks about Ziggy, the Swiss tank. Are there any references to him in there? Not that I've seen. Oh, that's sad. But, you know, the, there's a lot... It, it is structured well because... The whole lighthearted chapter about sandwiches and making correct sandwiches and stuff comes right after the Brody Lee chapter, which starts with the line, Brody Lee died today. And it's just like, shit, like you're you're reading this. And I read that chapter. I should not have read that chapter before going to bed, but I'm reading that chapter. And he even says on it, he's like, it doesn't seem real. It hasn't hit me yet. Um. I keep talking with Renee and the only thing we can do is talk to each other and pray about this and say, like I'm reading this chapter and I'm getting two things. One Mox is remembering his good friend and two, it's that detached sense of like, this can't be real going on in it. It it, it seems like he wrote it all out on that day. And it's like the, this can't be happening kind of moment. Um, like it, it is a very authentic book. Let's. Let, I'm, I'm going to put it that way. I, I haven't finished it yet because I'm just reading little bits and pieces as I go. But it is a very authentic book. I, I really do recommend it. And Tony Khan has come out and said, not really providing details, but he said like, oh yeah, I, we I had to like basically rewrite storylines. Yeah. Because he's gone on, you know, rehab, but. He seems fine with it. It's that kind of goes with what I was saying, like like months back when Brody Lee died. When we were doing our Brody Lee mm-hmm. um, tribute show. Like I, I I actually think that in his heart, Tony Khan is probably like a good guy, which is it's tough to say because you never really know how bosses are. But he does seem like he's a good person, 
and he views this company it's it's basically his baby but it's more than just that it's like he's trying to be a fair and good boss mm-hmm. beyond just being like he just seems like he tries to be like a good person and a good boss. So when a situation like this, I think he versus someone like Vince McMahon or Nick Khan, uh, he tries to see them as like a human being. So it's like, oh God, John needs to go to rehab. Like, uh, all right, let's figure it out. Yeah. And it's not like, uh, hey John, like that really puts us in a bind. Can you, uh, can you go like two weeks from now? that work like no he's just like okay you gotta do what you gotta do and he that was part of like his i guess his interview in last week was like oh this past week was like one of the toughest weeks i've had yeah the second toughest week for the company for me like having working with the company the first toughest week was brody dying yeah so that's pretty heavy it's like wow john 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 moxley goes into rehab it's like i mean it shows i also think it shows he cares like it, it, this these sort of things like weigh on him it sounds like mox called con up and went mm. i'm I'm going into alcohol rehab and con's first reaction was you take care of you and then he hangs up the phone and goes okay i got work to do like mm. the look i don't know okay but all i can go off of is what it looks like and it looks mm. like tony con wants the people that work for him to be happy and healthy. By the way, and since I don't normally talk like this, I'd like to take a moment to say fuck Vince Russo. Because Russo's reaction whenever Khan put that out, Khan's statement said, John Moxley said, wanted me to share this with you, and then talked about it. And Russo went, you know, you shouldn't be sharing this with people that when they don't want it out there, and you shouldn't be talking about it and stuff like that. It's like, you dipshit, you can't even read the first line? Didn't Vince Russo claim at some point he's like, oh, I don't read books? And like, well, it's obvious you don't read shit. He's illiterate. Chad, what do you want from him? Mm. I want him to shut up and go away just forever. I I honestly cannot – there is nothing he is doing that benefits the wrestling business in the slightest. And that's – he's still around trying to profit off the fact that he screwed up in wrestling for 20 years. I don't I don't want, you know, just go away. You know, someone take the mechanical give him an island he can go live on that Shad, has no, no internet access. Shad, now we just, talked about this with Drake Wirtz. Just ignore him. Don't feed the troll, Shad. Come on, you're old, yes, you've been you're on right, the internet. You're right. Long you're right. <laughs> you're right. You know what? You're right. Like I, I, I mean, I think Vince Russo is a fucking moron, but I don't understand why people still react to him because he is not worth reacting to. Okay, you know what, Brad? You are absolutely right, and I apologize. I was doing exactly what I was talking about earlier. So and and yeah, it, not just because it's it. it's Vince that's, Russo, that's... I have to do the obligatory, you gay bro, because <laughs> you know Vince Russo is probably. He's probably the biggest homophobe, like out homophobe in wrestling currently, isn't he? <laughs> He's the one that always asks that question. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, that's why I always do it because that always I can't do his I can't do the accent, but that's that's always my Vince Russo like go to whenever yeah. he talks is like. Also, um, just because it made me think of Dark Side of the Ring, but I would steal Jim Cornette's dog because it's adorable. <laughs> 
haven't seen. It's like a cute little pommy. Mm. Like, it's the fuzziest, cutest little dog ever. I'd have to go back and look. He has a very but, adorable uh, dog. So, the, um, you know, going back to Nick Khan being a good guy as opposed to Tony Khan not being a good guy. Yeah, or Tony Khan being a good guy, not Nick Khan being a bad guy. I hate that they have the same name. It's like screws everything up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying so hard to get it right, I screw it up. But, you know, we've we've got these two things here. And, Brad, you you you've uh, from these cuts, you've kind of made your – let's go into the speculation. We think, they're, we think Vince is about wrapping up. I think what um, do you guys think? I think the AEW NXT Wednesday Night War completely shattered his faith in Triple H's ability to run a promotion, and um, I think um, I think he's trying to cash out. I I certainly agree that the faith in Triple H is like shattered, and. It's well, I and I kind I, of question, um, even if the faith wasn't shattered, I kind of wonder if Triple H is ever coming back because I feel like I feel like at his age with his family and everything that um, he just got a really rough wake up call to say, you need to you need to leave the ship behind and like be there for your family. So I kind of question if Triple H is ever coming back because I mean, they've made – he's probably made a, a – he and Stephanie probably have just an absolute metric crap load of money, and he probably doesn't need to work anymore. And I could just see him saying, like, I don't need this. Like, I'm just going to go, like, raise my kids and, like, have fun. That's – that that would be a consideration. I could definitely see that he – if he wants to continue because I think – I think he does have, like, passion for the business. Uh, I'd, I kind of – with you and like i don't think while vince is in charge like i don't necessarily see him coming back but then the question is like is all of this done so that when the next tv deal comes around they just sell the company that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking they're what what, because what because where i'm basing this on is companies that sell to other companies they are Mm. behaving in a similar fashion where they are trying to trim as much expense as possible and get those get those profits looking as sexy as possible. And what I think they're going to do is when that next TV deal rolls around, they're going to try and sell the company as part of the TV deal to NBC or Disney. I could, I didn't necessarily, I could believe that, but I wasn't necessarily leaning in that direction prior to these cuts, which came obviously over big cuts that happened over the summer. Um, now I'm kind of in line with like I they they most likely are going to be selling this company, and they're not giving a shit about do you have stars that are going to be here like five years from now? Like I don't think that they care. Like whenever the whenever the next TV deal comes up, I could see them selling. Yeah, and because then, because like to mm-hmm. me, I'm just like you keep making these cuts. Like who do you even have on TV anymore? same people they've always had they just do the same thing over and over again Mm -hmm. it's like you already have like roman reigns all over everything like you guys just keep getting rid of like your side acts like what 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 are you even putting on tv anymore they don't care uh, oh 
By the way, the other thing I forgot to say about these firings, you know what a bunch of the reasons for these firings were? Say it with me. Budget Budget cuts. cuts. From what they had a, a quarter that was more successful than like 2001 was for them as a year. Mm. But it's budget cuts. That's 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 exactly why I think the sale. That's what because I've slowly been starting to think that like I was kind of brushed it off as first. But they keep having record profits and they keep turning around and cutting their budget like that makes me think. Oh, yeah, the quarterly earnings call, I think it was something like 200. This number may be not accurate, so don't hold me to it. But I think it was something to the amount of like 230, 250 million dollars in revenue and it's like yeah if you are if you're effectively adding all the quarters the wwe is pulling in close to like a billion dollars or around a billion um in terms of like revenues at worst mm-hmm. they're like, doing like 800 million dollars yeah so something like that like uh, a company like nbc or i guess disney like they would be more inclined to do that because it's like well okay like we already have like the the platform the ability to put that product out on television and then we're just going to be raking in all that money. Like it's doubly our money. Like if you do pay, like if you pay like 5 million for the WWE, let's just say that's like the, the price 5 billion. Like they, they paid that to the McMahons. Like you could, in theory, you could make that back in like five years, mm-hmm. uh, which would not be a bad investment for them. And then they don't have to pay out like that copyright for Hulk Hogan. They can just, um, they can just double dip on that. Mm-hmm. And get the get the licensing money from Hogan and not have to pay it, so they could actually like get some extra money, like get it on both ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the um, I don't know about you guys, but the moment they sell it to somebody else, I am just one hundred percent sure that you know. Let's say they sell it to Disney. That sucker's going in the dirt immediately because oh, there's no way I believe that they could run a successful wrestling company. They don't even know. They can't I even. Don't. They can't even run Star Wars properly. No. They can run it into the ground. That's. Um, I mean, that is something that if you are like a fan of of wrestling, which we all are, like, it, my concern is like once it actually does leave the hands of the man's, like, it could all die, because. Because of Vince's sociopathic ability to keep it running even during it, bad times. That's true, but it's also like because it's effectively it's the family business and has been for 40, 50 years. Um, we're closer to like 70 years now because it was. Well, if you if you include the McMahon's, like his father, yeah. yeah. But I mean, just with just with Vince, it's at least 40 going further back than that. 83, I think, is the year he took it over. And then he was involved before when it was Stad's companies, but it's let's go at least like forty years, like where it's just mostly Vince's product and ideas. Like that's the family business. That's like his life's work. So if if you're that invested in it, then you it's your baby. Like you're gonna keep going with it. But once he sells it, it's like you no one else no one else necessarily is gonna care about it like that. So they're they're looking at it more as like a profit thing. If it stops. That that's that was the whole problem with, like with WCW like once Ted Turner basically like was no longer involved effectively and it became uh, like a corporate product and then they decided there was a change in management in the the corporate entity and they're like ah I don't think this is good for our bottom line I don't like it not pulling in the ad 
revenue that we want uh, is gone. Well, oh, wasn't think, it um... that um, there was one guy who was at who was in uh, Time Warner? Oh, Jamie who, Kellner. It, yeah, yeah, it didn't matter. Like he he's WCW the guy that canceled the Animaniacs. Um, mm-hmm. Also, yeah, it, it didn't matter what it didn't matter how well it was doing. He was going to get rid of it no matter what, and that is some serious. Like, how does this guy keep a job? Stuff. I mean, TV executives are some of the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet. <laughs> yeah. But if Vince does sell WWE, um, and I'm I'm leaning that way, I'm not necessarily wholly on board myself yet, but if Vince does sell WWE, I'd be shocked if he makes it six months after the sale. Either he's not going to make it because he doesn't know how to do anything else, or you're just going to see stories about Vince McMahon outliving his best life, like watching TV and movies he never knew existed and, and stuff like that. Well, I think I think he might do okay because he does have the grandkids um, mm. to give him something to do. I don't know. Well, then it becomes a question. It's like if they – let's say they sell it, are they still going to be involved and around? Because that's the, that's an idea. Like, well, it's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll we can sell it. No, but because I, th- I think you don't know. You don't know how to run a wrestling business. We do. Why don't you just uh, why don't you just keep us on as actually like running consultants? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I think I think if Vince is going to sell it, he's going to want to cash out like all that money. Mm, yeah, probably. But so, like, I think um, I think, though, for the talent, though, if like Disney or NBC takes over, it's going to get real ugly on the talent front, because if, if you think Nick Khan's bad now, like Disney, Disney doesn't see their employees as humans as far as like I've ever huh. seen. You're going to get out there and you're going to do what I tell you to. <laughs> you know, one of the Jonas White brothers Lord. said he hated that episode that he got older and he's like, no, that, that, that shows pretty, that episode of South Park is pretty accurate <laughs> to working there. <laughs> oh, what's this about not wearing the purity rings? Ha <laughs> ha. This is how we sell sex to little girls. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, so, okay, that's all the cuts and everything and the, the sell speculation. Let's move on to something that was also a little fun. Um, this past weekend, uh, Brad and I made the trip to the Bluegrass, uh, WrestleCon in Ashland and, um, Ashland, Kentucky, was, cause there's an Ashland, yes. Ohio. Okay. Yes. In Ashland, Kentucky. And it was not, um, a real big thing. Uh, no, it was probably. I'm, um, I'm I'm struggling with putting a size to the room. If you put a wrestling ring in there, they could probably get 150 fans for a sellout. I'd say if they put yeah, a ring in okay. there. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, about the size of a of, of a decently sized ballroom at a hotel kind of yeah. thing. And, um, you know, they had a few they had a few vendors set up. What maybe five or six, maybe seven vendors. They had more wrestling guests than they had vendors actually. Yeah, and the, the the it has the problem every con though has like when you bring the vendors in like you look through everything and you're like you know I'm kind of just looking at like the same variety of like stuff every time. That's part of like a nice thing about like a comic con is there's a whole bunch of different stuff and you can have a bunch of different niche things, but if it's a wrestling con, then everybody's bringing the same thing. Yeah, but like the, and like. This one guy brought actual title belts, 
and I was kind of intrigued because he had a decent price on them, but he brought like he legitimately brought like probably the two belts I hate the most, which is the John Cena spinner belt and the <laughs> the unified tag title, like the 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 circle plate one that was like copperish. That they had uh, around yeah. 2010 that just I, I think those are god awful. It's got the like. Spartan helmets on it. Yeah, I hated those. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. oh, like I that's kind of cool, but you you literally have the two belts I like the least. Yeah. Rob Van Dam had my favorite slam on that spinner belts. I am the world heavyweight champion, and look, this other belt spins. <laughs> but we you know we get there and. Um, you know, not big, and, you know, there's a decent crowd that seems to be kind of filtering around. One thing, I, even if I didn't get anything, the concessions were not outrageously priced. No, but so it, was only, was, it was only sugar, though, so if you wanted... No, like, they they had pepperoni rolls, too. Oh, okay, okay, I didn't see that. That's And for three fifty, for yeah, needed about three fifty for that pepperoni roll. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a decently sized pepperoni roll for three fifty. How much do you need? How much do you want for this pizza roll? I need about three fifty. And that's the time I, said, I realized the Girl Scout monster. And that's the time I realized the Girl Scout was a 80 foot tall crustacean from the Mesozoic era. <laughs> that joke will never stop being funny. To my me. favorite, uh, my favorite meme of that is when Pokemon Go came out and people were pi- taking pictures of themselves holding the money out to the Lapras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overwater, that one always made me laugh. <laughs> so we get there, um, you know, we get checked in, and there's a there's a lot of people there, but I said we'd come back to this earlier. I figured we'd start here. We went by the collar and elbow booth to talk to them first, and we talked to them for a long time. They were happy to see us. Yeah, and I um I got the I got they don't have them on the website anymore, but I got Matt was very jealous of this, by the way, but I got one like the shirt was in the style of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated logo, mm-hmm. but it was just the collar and elbow one. Like I took one look at that and I'm like, you got that in 2X? And they like he had like two options, like which one you want? And I'm like, I'll take that one. Also, yep. the, the adventure was really cool. Like it's like a, yes. I, I don't think did I send you a picture of it, Matt? I don't think so. So they did that, like, you have, like, the convention logo on the front, and the back has, like, almost like an old-school-style wrestling bill. Mm. Like, of, like... With all the guests on it. Yeah. It, it also kind of looks like a, a tour, uh, a band tour poster kind of thing. Yeah. So that, so. I... Because, like, it, it came with, like, the VIP pack, and I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, I just want to... Like, most of the people on the VIP pack, I want the combos of, and I just don't want to deal with handing people money all day. So right. um, the shirt was an added bonus because it was actually decent. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had some fun we- meeting with some people, um, and and some of it was also kind of heartbreaking. Um, Bobby Fulton was there, and I have worked shows with Bobby Fulton. Um, so it was good to see him. Like he, he didn't have any reason to remember who I was. But it was good to see him and talk to him and tell him I remembered because Bobby Fulton is one of was one of the classiest, nicest pros in a locker room I've ever encountered. Um, and it got to tell him, but it, it was also hard because he had a stroke a few years ago, and you know his speech isn't the same as it was and that sort of and stuff. And he he can't use like one side of his body very well. Yeah, he he, he yeah. And so it was great to talk to him and see him and everything. But, it, you know, it's also hard to see this guy who 
absolutely shook the building having a super basic match because he just he's so good at it. And now, you know, he's not, um, you know, he, he's just limited that way. It's tough. So, Brad, what were, uh, what, what, what were some people you had a lot of fun talking to? Um, Coco Beware was a lot of fun because <laughs> Coco did not give like a shit. Like if if he had a line, if he didn't have a line, like if he walked up there, whether you're buying something or not, like he would chat you up. Mm-hmm. And um, he just he seemed like he was having a fun a fun day. Brad, you went you told him that he was watching you were watching some Memphis stuff of him. Yeah, and he was like he was like Memphis, and he was kind of surprised, and you were like. Like, he seems shocked by that. And I'm like, probably because everyone wants to talk to him about Frankie and, like, crap like that, not um, yeah. talk about older stuff. But he was really nice. Um, then we we went by Charles Wright. He he kind of jumped on me. Uh, yeah. Because Brad was in line to get there, and we were I was standing in line with him, and we're talking and stuff. And and Brad's telling me, like, yeah, I'm watching Memphis, and he's shocked. He's, and then he turns and looks at me. And what did he say, Brad? He's like, Is that, does he talk? <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to be polite and not like barge in because I wasn't buying anything. He's like, "Get the hell over here, man! What's up with you?" Okay. And, he, and then he went, "Well," and like Coco fist bumped me, and he was talking to Shad, and he's like, "He's like, get over here, man!" He like fist bumped you too, even though he knew you yeah. weren't buying anything. So he yeah. was, he was a cool dude. Then we we wandered by Charles Wright, you know, obviously, comma, um, Godfather, Papa Shango. He was really nice. Um, he had a he had the the best gimmick because you could buy a package where either you got a picture and an autograph of one of his gimmicks or like you could expand it to two or three of his gimmicks. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, he was having a lot of fun talking with people. Yeah, and then um, we went over to Jimmy Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Hart was very sweet, very talkative. Because yeah. if you took the picture, Jimmy was like, "Now he's like, I want you to look at those." And he's like, "You better not walk away until you make sure you like those, those yeah. pictures." Jimmy was was dead on making sure that you were happy with them. And while um, and I, I stopped talked to him a little bit and just said, you know, I appreciate you know you still work indie shows. I used to be an indie guy, that sort of stuff. Because I my leg was being real bad that day, so I was walking with a cane. And he goes, do you have to get out of it because your leg? I said, no, I screwed my neck up. I'm just having a bad leg day today. And he again, I got to, got to talking about some of the stuff he's seeing on shows nowadays and kind of segued into my style and that sort of stuff. And he, he was really great to talk to. It was it was great to talk to Jimmy Hart. Um, a lot of fun. And he always he made everybody else hold the megaphone for the picture. He didn't yeah. hold it himself. Yeah. He's like, no, you get to hold the gimmick. And he would like so they would take multiple pictures and he would he would do a different pose like each time too. Mm-hmm. And then hey. um, Magnum TA was there. He was very Magnum TA was very reserved, but he was very nice. Yes. Because I think you apologized because we kind of like walked up when he was talking to Jimmy Hart. And you're like, I'm sorry, I interrupt your conversation. He's like, No, like brother, like I'm here for you guys. Like this is this yeah. is totally like fine. Yeah. Well, that that's old locker room etiquette coming out. Um, because, you know, in the locker room, if you got two two vets talking to each other, you don't interrupt them. Because uh, I walked up, and Magnum's handler is the one that, you know. Well, we walked up, and I went to – I reached in my pocket to get some cash. And he looks up. He's like, hey, man, what are you wanting to get? And I was like, well, you know, I was hoping to get a picture with you. 
Uh, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your conversation. That's when he says, no, nah, I'm here for you guys. So, you know, sat down and got a got a picture with Magnum T.A. Um, His D brace was huge. Yeah. And well, and he was moving around on a Segway. Did you notice yeah. that? Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever totally walked right after. I think yeah. he did shortly after, but I think he's had like degenerative problems. He, he even had to use a cane right after the accident. Yeah. But um, no, he was great to talk. He's just he's kind of quiet. I think he knows he's like he's not as well known as he used to be. So he's he doesn't just look. Kinda... He, yeah, like also some of the guys are obviously older, but you can still tell who they are. Like Magnum T A does not look like. No, he does Magnum not look TA. like Magnum T A. Magnum T A of like the late eighties. Yeah. yeah. Here, here, you want an example of someone who looks exactly like they used to look? Billy Flippin' Gun. Yeah, we were Let's, talking about oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> was he there? Yeah, yep. the gun club the gun was there. Club was oh, there. the gun club. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, um, he's a. Did you take? A, let me look through. You sent some pictures. Did you send? Did you get a pic with uh with the gun club? Yeah, Chad? I did. I know Chad did not. Did not I did. did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to. I would like to see Shad paired up against those guys. I, he's about I, the same height as uh Gun. Yeah, Gun's a Gun's a big boy. He's a yeah, he's a I'm, lean motherfucker like. He he is built out, mm-hmm. but no, Billy Gunn and I are eye to eye with each other. He's um, Billy Gunn's interesting because he's very interested when people come up with action figures. Like he always like mulls those over. Because mm. someone he's had interested um, in all of them. Well, he was shocked because someone came up with a Mattel of him as the smoking guns. He was mm, kind of yeah. like, "Holy shit, you have one of these?" Yep. <laughs> yep. But yeah, um, he was. They were. They were all nice. The the younger ones were were quieter. But he's a big boy. I think he slapped me on the back when I walked away. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, they were... we were. We Brad. Yeah. He. You were smart enough. That in the moment to like whenever. Um. Because they didn't come in for a while, and then they came in. They had their bags with them and stuff. Like they just got there and went straight to straight to the table from wherever they arrived from, is my guess. Yeah. And there he's sitting there eating and like <laughs> Billy Gunn's destroying this like it looks like I don't know like a burrito bowl or something. And it just and, did uh, not end like he, I was just like Jesus Christ he's still fucking eating. And then we he was, <laughs> he was walking around later with it. I'm like what do you do go get more? <laughs> but yeah, bro, but you know, he's he's crushing that thing and then but so we were kind of waiting cuz we were like we don't want to be the dick that walks up while the dude's trying to eat or anything. Um, yeah, so, we're you know, trying we to like watch it out of the corner of our eyes while not like watching the guy like. You just stare at him while he eats. Like yeah. we're sitting, we're waiting for him to get off the plane at an airport or something. Yeah, so we're kind of like off to the side, like kind of side eyeing them for a while. Yeah. Um. And it was we were uh, the lines were. It was interesting because the lines kind of they went in waves because um, the the first big line was was Jimmy Hart. Yeah, because Jimmy was there at open, you know, he was he was there ready to go. And then um, Malachi the big, Black got long when he. Showed well, up. it was Jimmy Hart and then it was Coco Ware and then Malachi showed up. And that's where the, the story that went kind of viral was, because apparently this lady and her son bumped into him outside and he was like, do you know where this place is? She goes, yeah, 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 I'll walk with you there. And whenever they went to the table, 
He said, these two get VIP passes. I'll cover the cost. Because they didn't, they, they weren't sure that it was Malachi because they were, you know, she was an old school fan. But, you know, Malachi bought them $370. She was there to see Bobby VIP Fulton passes. and Bobby Blaze, I'm pretty sure she said. Yeah. But, you know, he bought, he bought them like the massive, huge VIP passes. Because they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll take you, you know, giving him directions basically. Um, so that was that was really cool. Um, he had a big line. He had a big line until Lex Luger, right? Yeah. So we actually we actually smartly got into the Luger line about a half hour before he got there because it started getting long, and we kind of hit a lull. And I'm like, you know, Shad, like let's just get in the line and we'll wait for him. Yeah. Because we fig- we figure the line's starting to stack up. Someone's got word that he's going to be here soon. And his line did not die down the rest of the day. Like, you had to no, walk that's around true. the line all day. That's true. So then he shows up. He was actually very nice. Um, yeah. He looks really healthy, even though he's in a wheelchair. He looks a lot better than he did a couple years ago. Um, mm-hmm. He talks like he did on, like, wrestling TV. Because I talked to him a little bit. Yeah. And um, he's very nice. And then, um, okay, yeah. so here's uh, finish your thought, Brad. I'm sorry. I was going to say, then there's this awkward moment where, cause you had to like get down on your, like kind of like bend down on your knees to take a picture with him. Cause he's in a wheelchair and, um, poor Shad couldn't get back up and Lex is like trying to help him. Well, yeah. Cause back. I go and I get the picture with Lex and I've got my cane and I've kind of tucked it out of frame and I get the picture and I'm trying to put my phone back in my pocket before I stand back up. And I, I get my cane up, and he goes, here, let me help you. And I'm like, well, it's okay, sir. I just got to you know, get my cane up. He leans over and puts his hands under my arms mm-hmm. to help me. Lex Luger is in a wheelchair, but he's helping me stand back up. Like, yeah, I he's mean, done some bad stuff in his past, but he has had a big personality shift. Well, I mean, nothing says, like, learning humility than basically losing it all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's sometimes sad that people go have to go through that before they change. But mm-hmm. if he is a different, positive person, like you know, then there's definitely like there's a there's a trade off that has occurred and a balance. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm yeah. happy to see that he's positive. He he, uh, he was so jacked back in the day. Like he probably could have <laughs> he probably could have yeah. lifted you up still. Yeah. <laughs> After all his health issues, he probably could have lifted you up even uh, in a wheelchair. He seemed very touched that like he had like a line and like everyone that came up, like he seemed very um touched by it all. Mm-hmm. He was also very humble. Cause I was complimenting him about my favorite run of his was that late nineties run, you know, leading the WCW charge until sting comes back. He's like, well, yeah, I was being a place. I was like, no, someone had to lead the charge. And, and you know, cause there's this whole thing about is sting going to come back or what's he going to do when he comes back? And he goes, well, you know, it was a good opportunity. I said, no, I loved it. It was great. And he goes, well, you're very kind. He was super humble about the whole thing. I'm just like, you know, it, it, that was a very nice experience. Yeah, I mentioned um, him beating Hogan on Nitro. And he's like, that was like one of my top three, like, favorite moments. Yeah. But I have to say, I, if you go back and look at his signature, I'm super impressed by his signature because Matt, like him signing was like a whole process. Cause I don't think his hands work very well. Like he has to, um, he has to take one hand and put the pen in the hand that like can kind of move it yeah. and then do this like whole thing. And like the paper has to be a certain way and he has to sign like, he does it a really weird way. Like 
He's got a very weird. He's got a very unique grip. Yeah. In how he holds. He kind of does like um, the Bob Dole thing. Yeah. In a way, but like I was like, well, like because I was looking at later, like, wow, like he really did a good signature considering like all he had to go through. Mm-hmm. And just a side note, Coco Beware has like a super because he like draws the bird on there and stuff. Yeah. He draws he draws an outline of Frankie on it with his signature. Yeah. And then um so then we wandered over like ODB was there but um she was a little pricey and and I was I didn't want to have to go find an ATM to get more cash but the funny thing about ODB is well Billy Gunn saw her and he made like a beeline for her but mm-hmm. everyone that saw ODB eventually like wandered over there to talk to her and she had barbecue sauce or something. Yeah. For sale. Yeah. Um it's <laughs> ODB and Gail Kim and Angelina Love were all next to each other. Oh, no, Jillian uh, that, Hall was between Gail Kim. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. Uh, yeah. Jillian Hall was there, too. Now, the, uh, the the downfall to this whole thing, unfortunately, was that Stan Hansen was supposed to be there. Like, that was oh, the big man. draw for me. Yeah, and, and Stan had to cancel. And I had him on the VIP pack, and Angelina Love was, like, his replacement. And I was like, eh. Oh, well, it's, like, on my list. I might as well get. Yeah, because I, I had the, the um, Stan Hansen picture autograph combo prepaid. And I got a message from someone running. It's like, did you get that? I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, Stan, Stan canceled on us. And I'm just like, oh, man. And he goes, yeah, the person we got on short notice replaced Angelina Love. Do you want that refunded? I was like, well, yeah, Stan's kind of a generation-defining challenge, and Angelina's not Angelina. to be uncharitable, but she's not. I would have, I would have subbed like, Gail Kim in there because I think people would have been more accepting of. Gail Kim was already on the list, though. Oh, I know. Gail so... Kim was very. Gail Kim and Angelina Love were very, very tiny. <laughs> they really are. Um, well, uh, let's be fair. Coco's like way shorter than we thought he was, too. Yeah. And Rhino's so. as much of like a human block in um, person as. <laughs> yeah, Rhino's a cinder block with legs. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, he really is. He's kind of always struck me as like that. He has always had that build. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he's like got a lot of hip. Yeah. He's he's just. He's like all torso, um, but the other nice thing was we ran into uh, three old promoters of mine um, and got to talk with them a little bit, and that was nice. Oh, uh, we, we we went over and talked to Bobby Blaze for a bit too. That's true. We did talk to Bobby Blaze. He for had a while. the best table though because Bobby Blaze had like stuff. Like he had DVDs, he had his books, um, he had a number of pictures. Like he had, he had shirts. Yeah. Like, Bobby, Bobby, like, had stuff. Like, well, Bobby Fulton had stuff, too, because he had, like, his figure. He had, like, comics mm-hmm. and stuff. That's, that's, I have Bobby Fulton's figure. Uh, that was, I have it autographed. Oh, did you get uh, his figure? I didn't realize you. Yeah, that that was what, that was, I got a picture with him, but it's Bobby Fulton. I can't just not, you know, share the locker room with the guy. So it's, I got, he autographed a figure for me, too. Yeah, I he, got a he picture seemed, and a figure from him. Yeah, he seemed really touched that I remembered being in the locker room with him and stuff. So Yeah, that's what I said to you when we walked away. I said, I don't think he remembered you, but he seemed to like 
be very touched that someone like could tell him like something. Yeah, there's no reason for for him to remember me because I didn't work him. Um, I wish I could have. I would have had a better time working him than Bo James, but you know. But you know, we got I got to bump into some mild promoters and and talk to them a little bit, and I got to talk to the promoter that had me work against Larry D and and all that sort of stuff. Um, we are hoping from talking with the collar and elbow guys to be able to have them on the show in the not too distant future. Um, Probably next we, year. Once yeah. Um, uh, I was just thinking about trying to set that up for January or so. Yeah. Cause um, there's, we have the holidays coming up and um, I won't go into great detail and it won't affect anything on this show, but I'm having surgery. It'll be kind of down and out for a couple weeks here. And uh, I think in about three weeks actually. Yeah. Uh, so we were, you know, we're just going to, we're going to try and get that set up, you know, after the, after the first. And, oh, and um, Chance Prophet was there. Chance Prophet was there. He was a lot and, bigger than I thought he would be, actually. And he's got a lot of longevity to his career, too. He does, that, actually. Uh, he's, been, he's been around for a while. Um, so, you know, it, it was, it was a good time. Um, Cause he was at the IWA East Coast chan- like table and Shatner mm-hmm. sitting there and I'm like I'm like I didn't know they were still around did you and like no, no. But after we saw him there, I, Brad was like who do you, who is that and I'm like give me a minute and I, I did some chat I'm like I'm pretty sure that's Chance Prophet are you sure I'm like I'm pretty sure and then he vanished for a while and he came back with like half his face done with the makeup and then we yeah then we recognized him and it's like yeah that's Chance Prophet. Um, he was he, he was, was kind of fun because he was just kind of walking around talking to people like he never didn't even care like necessarily about man at the table because he just would he yeah, would he just have a good time talking yeah so we are um you know we it was a good time if I was to have a criticism I wish they would have had a seating area somewhere just because they're you know just somewhere you could sit and take a load off for a little bit but uh you know it was a good time yeah because Um, they did that like you could they had like a drawing for like a door prize for lucha masks but it was at the end of the event but like i don't know if i like i mean we stayed for about four hours which mm -hmm. was about two-thirds of the event and like it was just like by about hour three you're kind of just out of stuff to look at and you've gotten everyone's picture and autograph and stuff and it's just like I don't know, like what, like what now? Yeah. Which is, uh, we got into like a, another forty-five minute conversation with the collar and elbow guys. What happened there? But, uh, um, and they took a, a stack of our cards to take with them. So yeah, we'll like I said, you know, we want to have them on. We really do. And and hopefully they do this event again because I would go next year if they do. Yeah. It. And and I'm hoping that before too terribly long they'll be able to get Stan Hansen back too, because um, they, they they told me that they did not refund his deposit so he should be coming at some point. Because um, it's Stan Hansen, man. Yeah, I mean but, I don't uh, think he does like a ton of appearances either. No. Yeah, I, yeah. Stan Hansen's one of those people I want to meet while he's still around. Yeah. But uh, well. I think that'll about wrap us, won't it? I believe mm-hmm. so. All right. Well, 
Everybody, we want to say thank you for joining us on this episode. We would love to hear from you on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And so uh, I, I believe we've got a stream coming up with Ring Into Focus here soon, don't we? I think it's next week. Next week? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we would you know, like to see you there if you'd like to join us. And so with all of that, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we'll catch you next time.